2: flushcarecom slash weight
3: Connecting to the big show.
1: In three, two, one. Everybody just wants to be contented. Everyone wants to be happy. Right now is the most important moment. But it's just so unfair on every child who doesn't have options. It's amazing how many unintelligent people. They're, all, they're, all absolute, they're astonished,
0: it? What is the matter with
3: these people? We're the one for cork and ready to talk. Can
1: we just talk? Call 0818 96, 96, 96. Extra
3: WhatsApp 083 396 96 96.
1: Email opinion at 96fm.ie
3: The lines are live Let's
1: kickstart the conversation
3: This is The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan
1: On Cork's 96fm
3: I'll
4: probably have to have Fergal explain to me what Vladimir Putin has been saying this morning It doesn't look good to be honest It's It's, it's concerning um, he's talking about a mobilization and he's talking about conscription of more soldiers and referendums and all of this crack. Um, I, what does it mean to us? Well, I'm looking at the papers and they're all talking about the Echo says a further battle with inflation. And the Irish Daily Mail says we're 5,000 euro a year off, worse off than our families, than our families were this time last year are 5,000 euro a year worse off and the papers as always full of cost of living stuff and inflation stuff and cost of energy stuff and here we have a man flexing his muscles in Moscow and and I'm trying to put the two together and I'm just hoping against hope that it doesn't mean things are going to get any worse for the rest of us we'll have to Listen to people who know more about this than the likes of you and me, I guess. Good morning. 0818 96, 96, 96 is the number. Text to WhatsApp is 083.396,96,96. 96 96. The email is opinion at 96fm.iE. Much easier to uh, get your thinking gear around and maybe your morals around is Adam Levine. Seen this story? It's all over the place. Uh, he is 43 years old, frontman with maroon 5. Married to... Is he married to a former Victoria's Secrets model? Her name is Bahati Prinsloo. And he has been... Uh, if you to believe what you're told, he's been sending flirty messages to a woman he shouldn't be sending flirty messages to. And he's been caught doing it by... Behati Prince Lou and it's all over TikTok and he now says he didn't have an affair but he did cross the line during a regrettable period in his life this is celebrity world like this is the world of the celebs uh, this woman is uh, this other woman is called uh, Stro her her name is, is a Miss Stro uh, Summer Stro and she's 23 And she took to TikTok on Monday and said that Adam Levine had been having an affair with her, effectively. I was having an affair with a man who was married to a Victoria's Secret model. At the time, I was young, I was naive, and I was, quite frankly, I feel exploited, she said on her TikTok. She said the relationship lasted about a year. Look, they're celebrities, they'll do what they'll do to one another, and with one another and without one another and all that. It's kind of started that moral debate though. He claims all he did was send her messages. And she says it was an affair. He claims all she did was send all he did was send her messages and he's trying to put it together with his family and sort everything out Was it an affair if he only sent her messages? If they only exchanged messages? Was it actually an affair? Don't know. Do you? If he or anyone like that was exchanging messages with someone else, was it actually an affair? That's kind of the question, the coffee table question or the water fountain or canteen question out of this. Was it actually an affair if all they were doing was exchanging messages? You tell me at zero eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Meanwhile, to far more serious matters So Padraig, you're trying to find someone Who hit you yesterday and drove off Morning
5: Morning PJ, how are you? Good, what happened? So, approximately yesterday at 11.40 I received a phone call from my partner um, That a car coming up from Neptune Up Redemption Road Drove into the back of my stationary car And drove off Right Um. My partner at the time, she's actually actually eight months pregnant. And she only got out of the car. I say she missed it by about two or three minutes. Right. He came round the corner at an all merciful speed and drove straight to the back of the car, locked up. Stayed there for two or three seconds when other neighbours came out after hearing the bang. Mm. And the neighbours tried to beckon him to stop and stay at the accident. He reversed around all the cars that were behind him, that built up, and reversed the whole way down Redemption Road towards Neptune again and took off.
4: Right,
5: okay. Like, the area, I don't know, would you know PJ, I it's do. coming up from Neptune, it gets very narrow there going up um, Redemption Road.
4: It does. It's it's a, cross, a crossroads that has always made me nervous if I'm honest. Yeah.
5: yeah. And like, we've been on to local councillors about getting traffic calming measures because the infrastructure is not here for what kind of vehicular footfall is on it. and and for school as well and as yeah. a, here, it's not the school's fault from where we are positioned because the infrastructure is not here and the cars are carrying serious speed yeah. coming up here
4: Come here, did he do much damage to the car? Like, your, first of all, your partner, is she okay?
5: At an awful fright She rang me very distraught I was in work in Blarney, I, I came back physically and mentally distraught all overnight as well
4: Because she's car- thinking, right, two two minutes earlier I was there
5: and she think in the worst case scenario, PG, you know, having... Because uh, we have a five-year-old as well. So imagine having a child come out of the car. Had
4: herself. the child been in the car with her?
5: No, unfortunately, or fortunately, she was there. She was in school. Only up the road in Farn Ferris College. Yeah. But her mind goes to the worst case scenario. And look. That's the mother instinct, like.
4: Of course it is. Now, is there much damage to your car? Can you drive it? Damage
5: to the car, right? Oh, we can drive it, yeah. The thing about it is that I haven't taken off the rear bumper yet to see what kind of damage it's done to the impact bar behind the bumper, you know? Yeah. I'd probably get a new bumper, but because, look, I'll be honest with you, it's a 5 Series BMW. It's not going to be a very cheap fix. Yeah. You know? And we actually have a driver we could use, but if we put our car in, the parking situation up here... Is yeah. diabolical. So, if my missus puts the car in the drive, she might get blocked in and she can't get back out.
4: I got you. No, the car so, that hits you, you have some description of it.
5: Yeah, so in fairness, there's cameras along the houses we have here, the bungalows glows on Redemption Road, and we got a glimpse of the car. It's a dark coloured 2008 Honda Accord right. with a Donegal Reg. No, it's a fairly distinctive car because these cars aren't around that much anymore it was a thousand eight on their card. but the distinguishing fact is that it had a yellow donut wheel on the front left hand tyre
4: have you reported this to the guards they assume the guards
5: have. the guards arrived straight away in fairness to them and they could see themselves that even while they were here there was two or three nearly head on collisions as well because the junction that we were on because hmm. when the man drove into the back of my car there was a car coming down as well from Farron College which had a right away and he stopped just before my car. So he got an awful fright as well. Mm. And if he was another, a metre further, he would have be been in a head-on collision with this lunatic. Mm. Like, PJ, for me, is, is it going to take something worse than what happened yesterday? Yeah. get these traffic calming measures in place on yeah.
4: the road and there's a broader conversation there isn't there probably really absolutely, about that junction absolutely. as I say I mean I know it well and been up there many 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 times it's, it's a dodgy junction
5: Hulover, I'm watching now as I'm on the phone to you the amount of vehicular footfall going up and down this road and that's not now and after this is going to be building works commencing up above as well hmm. be trucks, vans, the whole lot up and down this road is there going to something happen drastically wrong? What happened? Or something to change?
4: Right. If the guy who hit you yesterday, assuming it's a man, he hit you Almost yesterday, it, yeah. is out there, have you anything to say?
5: Well, I want to say to him, just in very court terms, have a pair, call up to my front door, and we start something. Okay. Do you know? Call to my front door, my door's always open to any person that walks past. And hope he knows now that there was an eight-month pregnant woman just got out of that car before he hit it.
4: Paulrick, I uh, hope everything will be okay and that you'll get your car sorted.
5: PJ, I appreciate the call today. I must say thanks for that, for right. giving me the air time, because I know you're, you're a very busy man.
4: Our pleasure. Take care, fella.
5: Thanks, PJ. Cheers, bye.
4: That's uh, Paulrick speaking to me. Uh, before we came on air this morning, if you can help him in any way, you know her we are and we'll put you in touch with him Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six is our number yesterday I told you that I had been back to see Rose Jones now the name might mean nothing to you but back in 2020 I spoke to Rose Jones Rose lives in Grattan Street um, and her daughter, Tricia has cerebral palsy and uses a wheelchair not all the time but she does use it. And Rose spoke to me back in 2020 because she was trying to get out of the house. She was trying to get the council to transfer her out of the house because she said it was totally unsuitable for Patricia's needs. And at the time she had a lot of documentation and a lot of letters and a lot of people endorsing what she was saying that the house was completely unsuitable for Patricia. So I, I did this yesterday, and I'm going to play it again. This is a reminder of my conversation with Rose Jones about that house back in 2020.
6: What it is, is there's an, an awful lot of obstacles in her way in the house. Now, I am very worried and concerned for my daughter. Mm. I have asked numerous TDs, councillors, and I actually got into Dublin to ministers for help. Now, I've been told, basically, to paddle my own canoe and keep bringing Cork City Council every other day.
4: Mm. You've shown me letters, you've shown me files, you've shared confidences with me which I appreciate and I won't share with anybody else, but according to solicitors, more than one, that house is completely unsuitable for you and your children.
6: That's correct. There's no facilities there for Tricia to take care of herself, for her to become a young woman to take care of herself because no one's going to live forever. And I want her, Tr- Tricia, especially, to get her education and be able to take care of herself in years to come when I'm not there to do it because I won't be here forever.
4: Now, Rose Jones contacted the show uh, again about a fortnight ago. And I went to see her again and I met herself and Patricia this time. Let you hear that next. 0818 96 96 96.
1: Turn all the way up.
4: Or it does really suck.
1: Straight to the dance floor.
4: Or totally ignore. Top
1: of your playlist.
0: Or will never be missed. Right now. Choose the music on Cork's 96 FM for the chance to win 1,000 Euro. One
1: euros. 1,000 euros. Boom, 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 like that, that, that. Have your say on the Munster Music Survey. And the cash could be yours.
0: Go to 96fm.ie right now. Click
1: the survey link. And tell us what you think Right now
0: The Monster Music Survey Do it today And you could win
1: 1,000 euro
0: Win 1,000
4: euro boom, 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 like that. See 96fm.ie So Rose, it was before the pandemic started I met you January 2020 And you were trying to move out of this house Explain to me again why it's not suitable for Trisha
6: Well, um, Trisha can't wash herself She can't use the toilet The toilet is too small I have to help her in and out at the bath. She slipped a few times and hurted herself. She fell down the stairs a few times. The house is so dark and depressing. She's after cocooning into her bedroom. Hmm. She no friend. She can't go out and play. Hmm and she is depressed.
4: She has a little garden, which you've showed me. Mm. She needs that, it's so important to her. She also needs a wet room.
6: Yeah.
4: Um, and how long is it since you asked the council to move you out of here?
6: Um, I was just over there again today, and I asked what was happening. Because Trisha is nearly 18 years of age, I'm still wiping her bottom that she should be able to do it herself, take care of herself, what are other 18-year-olds doing? Yeah. Out enjoying themselves.
4: You have been trying to get houses. Yeah. You've been offered houses and you've turned them down. I have. need to address that first. Why have you turned down the ones you've been offered?
6: Well, I don't want to be going to the uh, from the pants to the fire, put it like that. Um, the houses that I viewed, which was two of them, there was one up the top of my road here. When I went in there, we were all excited, went in there... We wouldn't have been able to even get in her wheelchair in the door. Mm -hmm. There was no garden there. There was a communal garden where, like, um, on Trisha's reports from Cope Foundation, they said that she needs to be in a secure back garden. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, you know, concrete, you know, Mm -hmm. it has to be all level and everything.
4: Now, even the little yard here which, which she loves obviously you showed it to me it's, it's paved mm. and it's not very even but, but it's, an, it's something yeah. you, you have to have that and all of the things that you're saying Trisha needs the doctors mm. her doctors her people at Cup Foundation have all said yeah she, she yeah. needs that and when you show all that stuff to the council what do they say?
6: Don't, they don't look at nothing because if they did, they'd know what the child's needs mm-hmm. and read these reports about like gardens, child needs her garden, like the house in Ballyvihan. We were over the moon when yeah, we tell heard me about that. You
4: were offered a place in Ballyvihan, you thought, right, yeah. here we go, what happened? This then? is
6: it now, I was saying, this was just before the lockdown. Delighted with our lives, couldn't wait to get in there to see. Delighted with the house when we went in, and I went out the back, and there was no garden again. You had to go tr- down between the shed and the extension. Now, I am a small woman, but I was finding a, str- a struggle just to turn...
4: You'd never got the wheelchair.
6: I would have never got that wheelchair down yeah, there, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah.
4: So that was that one knocked on the head. Yeah. She also needs a, a wet room. She does. Yeah. And, and again, the houses you've been offered, they don't have wet rooms?
6: No, only the one up on Grattan Street there, now. had a wet room downstairs with the bedroom... But then again the front room is upstairs that she still had to climb up the stairs to get to the sitting room mm. because she do need her sitting room as well and then in the kitchen there is like there would have been no room for her wheelchair like she mm. she sits there with her wheelchair yeah she, yeah. Needs and, w- she and she's
4: here with us right now we're we'll, we'll talking
6: mm. in
4: a couple of minutes now the system called cbl yeah right where you go on and you see a place that's available and you bid for it. Mm. You've seen buildings on there, houses on there that would be perfect, but you can't bid on them. Why not?
6: I have no bidding code.
4: Explain to her that is.
6: Um, you bid on these houses. It's like I've seen a good few of these houses you now with them. Um, I know they're downstairs bedrooms, bathrooms, even a shower. It doesn't have to be a wet room, even a shower downstairs. Mm. I have asked him about at least 10 houses that were adapted, that would to suit Trisha's needs, rang them up straight away, told them I've seen these on CBL, is my son is bidding on properties himself.
4: Right.
6: And he said, ma'am, look at this, up in CBL, go through it, and there we go, another one. Do you know what I mean,
4: and I mean, it would be perfect,
6: it would have been perfect. Some, yeah, all of them. And have you ways. applied
4: for, or how does one go about getting one of these bidding? Well, notes?
6: I went back down there now last week and asked them about it, a bidding code. And she said, I'm not allowed to give you a bidding code, but that's With not me.
4: answering your question, yeah, as to why you can't get this code to even get in and look at the property.
6: I know, yeah. I, well, I asked them, and they said they're not giving me a code. I was over there again today, no asking. I said, uh Tricia has say she's suffering long enough says say, I said, I need justice for my child.
1: Yeah.
6: I need that child. She's 18 years of age, almost, yeah. and she have no life. Yeah. yeah. She don't go to school. Hopefully, no, she'll be starting her course soon mm. in the Crown. Is it the Crown or the Crane Centre? Crown
7: Centre. The Crown
6: Centre in Banning College. She's looking oh. forward to this. OK. And let's um, just say, I just want Tricia to have a life. I'm not mm. going to be around forever for her. Yeah. And we'll ask the council
4: why you... First of all, how these bidding codes relocated, and secondly, why you can't have them. We'll ask them that. Patricia, yeah. uh, I first time meeting you. Nice to meet you. Why is it hard for you to live in this house here? Tell me about the shower and about the, the stairs and all those things.
7: They're very, like, loud. The shower's, like, loud and I can hear it through my room. Yeah. And... And the neighbour next door to us has a shower and it's louder than the one we have in our house. Yeah.
6: What's wrong with our own PJ is up uh, her shunt. Yeah. It's like all these noises.
4: Oh, I see. Yeah,
6: like high-pitched noises. All oh, right. Drives our mental Oh, so you're,
4: oh, OK, this is the shunt for the server. So okay. it's like
6: the, the shower upstairs no, in our bathroom, it's very loud. Yeah. And then the shower next door is louder yeah. and she goes... Off. Yeah. she gets mad
4: and Trisha what kind of a place do you need what do you need in a house that would be make make you happy
7: a wet room
4: yeah
7: and a downstairs toilet mm. and a new front room yeah
4: because <laughs> they're all upstairs now the front room's up okay.
7: yeah the front room's upstairs'
4: you're, you're not happy you're unhappy you're you're nearly 18 and you're unhappy yeah
7: I am not happy. Mm.
4: And tell me about the course you're starting, you're all excited about that.
7: It's a computer and music course. Yeah,
4: because you were here showing me on your phone a while ago how you make your own music. Yeah, uh, yeah.
7: and I can show you some videos Good. about how I edit on YouTube and... Brilliant. And if you want to subscribe to my channel.
4: There you go, there you go. You see, you're learning, yeah. you're learning. You well, this get.
7: is what she wants to do, yeah. you. she wants to work on the
6: radio.
4: <laughs> this is what she wants to will be watching do. my job here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But Trisha, you're just asking people, people with the power, as it were. Yeah. To, to come yes. and see what you're living with, come yeah. and see what Trisha's living with here, mm. and give you a chance to get a proper mm. start. It's nearly three years since we first mm. talked, and here you still are. I know.
6: Still here, Trisha, aren't we, girl? How does it make yeah. you feel? Um, very sad for Trisha because all right For us, we can get up and walk out the door mm. and go on with our business, but Trisha has to depend on me. Like even just to go for a wash, is Mam. wash me. Mam made an accident. Mm. Do you know? They like, say if I was up, but I now, you know going for a walk with the dog. I go get get a call, but early, I only have to go down to Trisha. She needs me. She can't use the toilet. Mm. Do you know? She might need her wash or whatever.
4: Yeah, yeah, Because
6: she's still in her nappies, do you know? Uh,
4: she had the facilities that okay. she's talked to me about, she could do all these things. Oh,
6: yeah. yeah, yeah. Sure, she was uh, flying all the long. It's only since we came in here that she was back on the nappies, like. Right.
1: Really?
2: You
6: know, she was off from a good year. Yeah. Even inside House there when we were in there for the nine months. Yeah. Yeah, she was using the bathroom in there, the wet room, she was able to put pull it, the cards, sit in the chair and wash herself away.
4: And if you had something to say yeah. to the management in City Hall, all you want is a bidding number and let you get into the same process as everybody else.
6: Exactly, yeah. Because there is houses up there that were so Trisha's needs and mm. they're just being given away, do you know, given away.
4: That's Rose and Tricia talking to me in their own kitchen in Grattan Street last week. And thank you, Tricia, for the two lovely pot plants from your own garden that she had made up for me and planted. And they're at home now on the windowsill in Coogan Towers. I was going to bring one of them in here. I still might. But the problem is I'd be afraid of it over the winter. You know, they wouldn't mind it here. Whereas Queen Bee will mind it. And, and look after them during the winter. But thank you, and thanks for meeting me, and thanks for, for bringing me into your home last week. Uh, and also, Trish is sending me videos and sending me photographs of the documents that she has and her mum have pile up high of why that house isn't suitable. And it was January of 2020 that I was there. Thanks, guys. 0818 96, 96, 96. Uh, <laughs> Councillor McNugent has been on the phone saying Rose should get access to the CBL. Don't know why she wouldn't. Um, Well, actually, we did get a statement, because I remember I told Rose we'd ask, and we got a statement from the council. It said, Cork City Council does not place properties that have been specially adapted onto the choice-based letting system. They are reserved for and are considered for families with special needs on a case-by-case basis. Cork City Council can be contacted by any tenant or applicant directly via phone or email and it gave us the details that's fine, that answers one element of it. It doesn't answer Rosa's question though, why she can't get a bidding number we did ask that by the way that didn't come back how one goes about getting a bidding number she doesn't have one, she can't get one That doesn't answer that question. Um, It doesn't specifically answer that point. That's what Mick Nugent is saying. It doesn't answer that point about why she can't get access to CBL. Um, Maybe if Mick wants to step in and help, he he might be able to do something for them. Thanks. And today was on. Uh, If Rose is only looking for an accessible house, they won't let you bid on any other house. It's a different list for accessible ones. That doesn't make sense, of course, as there are houses on CBL that would suit. Yeah, she, she she wants to get on CBL so she can look at stuff and decide whether or not it's suitable. And as she said to me, her son is on CBL for his own housing. And she can see through his CBL account, as it were, stuff that would be perfect for herself and Patricia. And that's what's bothering her. She wants a bidding number. She doesn't want any special treatment. She wants a bidding number to get in and make bids. 0818 96 96 96. Now hang on a second. This seven metres of your front garden, Steve, you're going to lose to bus connects. Seven metres. That's over 20 feet. Morning.
8: That's right. Morning BJ. Whereabouts uh, are you, you, sir? On? Um... I'm in Ballinlock um, uh, on the Douglas Road there in Ballinlock. Okay. Uh, so we're on the uh, we're on the Maryborough to City route. Right. Um, and as you mentioned there, the, currently the plan is to widen the road the full length of the of Douglas Road from uh, Southern Roads near Paddy the Farmers right the way out to Douglas Village. Sure. Um, So it's going to be wider than um, the South Link. Are you there near Um, Bel
4: Air, say, where they have nice big gardens, yeah?
8: Bel Air. uh, So we're on the section between Cross Douglas that will go up to the Ard Fallon Centre.
4: Now I got you. Now I got you. Some nice big gardens along there. And, and, And they're old properties, aren't they? And a lot of old walls there and stuff.
8: They are. And, um, you know, with the current plans to widen the road, I mean, it's quite free-flowing road for anybody who's familiar with the area. Um, um, You know, the traffic is quite free-flowing here. But, yes, the current plan is just to uh, carte blanche, widen the roads the full length. Um, Obviously, there'll be, um, you know, environmentally, it's, it's not going to be very sound. There's going to be a lot of concrete poured um it's going to increase the the flooding risk a lot of the houses here are are below the road level yes um so you know with climate change coming bj we're and with uh the flooding issues we have in cork already we don't want to be adding to those yeah. um and as you mentioned there there are some very old properties here you know the construction the risk of subsidence um um, is going to increase uh significantly and and a lot of um, people
4: Steve and I just this is from my own observations of going to and from work and to and from town on the bus and being upstairs yeah. on say the 220 and looking into those gardens and into those houses. a lot of people have been doing a lot of work on their homes in the last few years.
8: Um, yeah, listen, um, BJ, there are a lot of properties um, that um, um, it's going to, you know, not all the gardens are that big. A lot of the properties, their gardens will be completely taken away. Um, I have a neighbour about four doors up. It's going to go through his living room. What? Um, yeah, you know, the the plans, these plans have been done apparently off old ordinance survey maps. Um, so as you say, where there's been change. It hasn't been recognised. Right. Hold on, Um, hold on. on. So
4: how do they propose to take this through his living room?
8: Well, that's a good question. Um, (laughs) That's the current plan. It's going straight through his living room. Um, Yeah. um, And, uh, you know, there are also, there's also 100 uh, car parking spaces being taken on the road. Again, I think we're unnecessarily widening the road here where there's um, reasonable traffic flow. It's reasonably um, free-flowing. You know, to take away a car park space from um, from a person, yeah. you know, there's a multiple set of now, reasons that that's, that's a huge hit to people. I
4: suppose, Steve, to be fair, and I'm in a, a happy position of knowing the geography, which for listeners might be a bit of a, an insular conversation between you and me, but, but let's just say that that road... You put two 2.20s or two 2.16s, one going one way and one going another way, it's tight, to be fair.
8: Um, where?
4: Along that road there, along by Cross Douglas Road, with uh, the lights there.
8: Yeah, well, I suppose um, it depends. When you say it's tight, um, as it stands, the last bus report... Um, in terms of the timings of the buses, um, you know, ninety-five percent of the bus journeys to Maryborough are thirteen to sixteen minutes. And after all of this construction and the cost um, um, associated with it, the average bus time is going to be fourteen minutes. Right. So that's hardly that's hardly a kind of massive time uh, save. Uh, yeah. Cost benefits, yeah. Um, there's one hour in the mornings apparently where the average time is 23 minutes uh, inbound into the city. And obviously, you know, the traffic backup is in the city at that stage. So, you know, maybe a more focused solution around that one hour rather than this, um, uh, you know, as I say, carte blanche, widen the roads and yeah. put in the seven lane kind of you're effectively putting a highway through a residential area, yeah. uh, with all the the side effects, the cost, the risks, all the construction pollution, diversions that people are going to face. That you know, the, apparently it will take two two years for each of the eleven routes. Uh, Is eleven or twelve routes across yeah. Cork um, um, to be uh, for the construction phase? I mean, that'll be a minimum time yeah. you'd imagine.
4: Now, in Uh, fairness, we did find out well, it was probably there for us all to see before, but we found out very clearly in the last week or so, Steve, that there won't be a shovel taken to anywhere for at least another year and a half to two years. So there's a lot to be done yet. There's a a deadline for submissions of the 3rd of October. Are you making a submission? uh,
8: Yes, I certainly will be making a submission. Um, You know, I've I have, uh, as, as you say, it's coming up fast now, October the 3rd. Um, it's been tough trying to um, uh, soak up the information and figure out, looking at engineers, engineering maps, et cetera, what exactly the consequences of this are going to be. But I'd urge anybody, uh, for me, it's the easiest thing has been chatting to neighbours and finding out through... Yeah. Um, through through just talking within within your own community if yeah. you're for anybody in you know that uses this kind of area. I think there's um, a meeting in Nemo as well, is there on Friday? There's a meeting, uh, there's a residence meeting at half seven in Nemo. Um, and you know, there'll be a lot of people there that uh, that will be able to help with submissions. As far as I understand, there might be a couple of presentations, there'll certainly be information sharing. And um, you know, there's a good Facebook page um, that you can make contact with people if if you're affected by the Maryborough Hill to City uh, route, or you have questions about it. What's the uh, name of that if, Facebook page, Steve? On Facebook, it's forward slash Douglas Road Cork. There are contact details there, and you can find out a little bit a uh, little bit more about the um, about that meeting in Nemo and. You know, our local representatives who are against, uh, or, you know, or who are vociferously kind of against the plans as they stand right yeah. now, uh, contradict the city plans. Um, and they are urging us to engage, engage with the NTA. This is a public consultation. Yeah. Uh, very important that we we have our say, that we vote and put our submissions in. And, you know, it doesn't have to be anything very complex, but just, yeah. you know, if affected in any way, just put your put your speak in.
4: Well, there's you with seven metres of your garden under threat, 20 feet uh, or more of your garden under threat, Steve, and you'll be putting your submission in. I suspect that your neighbour, who's going to be losing a chunk of his living room, will be putting in a submission. 3rd of October, the meeting is in Nemo Friday night for anybody affected by that particular segment of Bus Connects. Like, everybody looks at Bus Connects and says that's a great idea, we'd love to have buses that were so well connected and everyone, but like the man is losing most of his front garden and his neighbour stands to lose a bit of the living room there's going to be an awful lot of work in getting this right 0818 96, 96, 96. <laughs>
0: Currently matched your previous score of nine out of ten. Yeah. The question I asked you was: Drax and Gamora are characters in what movie franchise? You said Guardians of the Galaxy, which was a guess. Yeah. You've just won yourself two thousand euros. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I don't believe it, Liam! Oh my god, I
1: guess.
0: What are you going to do with the money now? Drop it easy? Ah, drop it easy. Yeah, no, you know, I have to spend it. Another winner. There you go. Go, go, go.
1: two grand
3: listen to play
1: at 7.40 and 8.40 every day.
3: Casey and Ross in the morning
1: on Corks 96 FM.
9: Can we just talk?
3: The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan.
1: Text or WhatsApp now. Oe 396
3: 96 96 On Corks 96 FM.
4: Now an event called the Shine Festival comes up in October. Uh, or Tuesday 11th and Wednesday 12th of October and it comes As a new survey shows 80% of teenage girls don't feel they'll have the same opportunities as boys. 77% of teenage girls don't feel beautiful. And there are many other findings like that. Tammy Darcy is founder and CEO of the Shona Project and the festival is your event. Uh, Tammy, morning.
10: Good morning, PJ. How are you today?
4: Good. Now, your online or your in-person element of this festival is completely sold out, but it's available online, correct?
10: Yeah, exactly. So the online event is happening on October the 11th and 12th, but the 12th will be streamed live for free to any school. So what we're asking schools to do is turn your school hall or, you know, a gym into like a little mini festival yourselves, um, everybody can watch it and there'll be loads of ways that they can interact and, you know, be a part of it as opposed to just watching it. Yeah,
4: now talk to me about those findings, particularly that one. 80% of teenage girls don't feel they'll have the same opportunities as boys. That's a disturbing finding in 2022.
10: Yeah, like PJ I've been working I've worked in every county of Ireland over the last, you know, few years and I've met over 25,000 girls. So I was like really aware that they were struggling and that this was an issue, but that stat actually shocked me because I thought we'd come so much further than this. So the conversations that we're having with them um like, it, it, I, I think one of the big issues that might be contributing to that is that they feel that they're valued more for how they look and how they present online than who they actually are as people, you know. And that's a huge pressure that's obviously contributing in a huge way to their mental health and their well-being and how they feel about themselves. Um, You know, like only 28% said that they feel emotionally strong. Um, is it that they
4: feel, Tammy, off. that... It's not so much what I have to say, what I have to say, what I think, what I feel. They're not valued as much as how I look.
10: Exactly. That's exactly it. Yeah. And many of them feel that they'll just have to work harder to get, you know, to the same level as what their male counterparts will. Yeah.
4: The other one 77% of them don't feel beautiful. Where's that coming from?
10: I know. that's. I mean, it it all comes down to confidence. And where I think it comes from is, you know, when you think about it, these young girls see on average between six and 10,000 adverts a day. And, you know, the media portrays and celebrates a very narrow view of what they expect their women to look like. And these girls who are, you know, between the ages of 12 and 19, if they don't feel that they reflect that, they feel that they've already failed or that they're not good enough, even even at that age. Um, so, and obviously social media has had, had a big effect on that. Like 81% of them feel that social media has negatively
4: affected their mental
10: health. So, mm. you know, they're just being bombarded, gaslit, brainwashed to, mm. to believe that that's what we want from them.
4: What I found strange was I've met through this program a number of groups of teenage girls. Girls over the last couple of years, and I would say that they are so confident and so positive.
10: Mm. The survey tells me you,
4: otherwise.
10: Yeah, it depends on on the young women that you meet. Like we have, there's amazing girls in all across Ireland that are doing amazing work, that are outspoken, that are sure of themselves, and a lot of them we work with, and we're all working together to try and like show those role models to the other girls you know because they they have this strength they have this assuredness and maybe these are girls that are being um, brought up that way that they get this at home, they get it in schools and maybe they're not sure. seeing it to the same extent but the, I, th- I think unfortunately it sounds like they're the exception
4: at the moment Well there would be ones who have been successful at school projects I guess and stuff like that but with their very nature, they get invited to programs like that so maybe I'm looking at it from a, a, a different uh, side of the equation. Shinefestival.ie is the website, tickets are available online and it's for the 12th in particular you want the schools involved
7: yeah,
10: so the schools can stream, but we also have like a whole year's worth of content that they can watch back afterwards. So we're making it available for the entire year and we have about eighty different speakers on every single topic you can imagine. Um, anything from mental health, wellness, business, career, sport, you name it, we've got it covered.
4: All right, okay. Thank you for that. Tammy Darcy, a founder and CEO of the Shona Project. We're putting on the Shine Festival on the 11th and 12th of October shinefestival.ie for all the details you need
3: The Cork Diary on courts, 96 FM.
11: Upper Glanmire Community Association presents its family fun day on Sunday the 25th of September. There'll be games like tug of war and sack races a children's art competition vintage cars, funfair rides the Upper Glanmire Bake Off and much much more. For more details on the event check out Upper Glanmire Community Association on Facebook if you have an event you would like mentioned, email the details to Diary at 96fm.ie
1: The Cork Diary With Tusla Fostering, now seeking foster carers
11: from a diverse range of
1: backgrounds in Cork See fostering.ie
3: On Cork's 96fm
4: Ooh. Mags was answering me about the Adam Levine story We told you about this at 5 or 10 past 9 Or asked you what you thought of it This is Adam Levine of Maroon 5 Who's in hot water at the moment With his wife Behati Who's a Victoria's Secrets model It happened after a woman called Summer Strow. I know, the names are great uh, A model 20 something years old Went on TikTok and Said she'd been Having an affair with a married man And pointed to him And he's saying No I didn't have an affair with her I, 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 We'd sent some Sort of um, flirty Messages to each other and all of that um, But he's saying It wasn't an affair He says my wife and family is all I care about in the world And this was naive naive and stupid and uh, risks the only thing that truly matters to me. Greatest mistake I could ever make. I'll never make it again. I take full responsibility. And all of that. And all of that stuff. We were asking the question, like, is it an affair? He claims they never went further than messages. Is that an affair? Is that cheating is the question. Mags said I'd cut it off him with a rusty knife. Oh, sweet Mags, 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 Mags. 0818, your thoughts. Welcome. 0818 96 96, 96. So To see this, I remember the, the buzz around the Serial podcast back in 2014 when people said that it was going to be a game changer in the case. I speak of the case of Adnan Syed, who was sentenced to life in 2000. He was 17 then. For the murder of his girlfriend, called Hamian Lee. She was strangled and buried in a park in Baltimore, Maryland in 1999. Now, on Monday of this week, a judge in Maryland, Judge Melissa Finn, overturned his conviction because prosecutors said there were two other possible suspects who were never disclosed to the defence and there was many other things. So he's now on home detention and the state of Maryland has been told to decide whether or not to seek a new trial date or dismissed the case in the next 30 days. The, no one knew anything about this case until the podcast Serial. Shirley, I remember listening to it at the time and thinking they could be onto something here. And then I kind of fell away from it. But they stuck with the story and, and this looks like justification. Morning.
12: Good morning, PJ. Yeah, I think anybody who is a fan of true crime podcasts or documentaries, has probably heard of Serial in one form or another. But like Serial, the, the case of Adnan Syed was the original true crime podcast. So I don't think there had been any real true crime podcast breakthrough the way that Serial did. Um and that came about because of um a friend of the family of the Syeds who's a who's an attorney. Um wanted his case you know heard and wanted his conviction overturned and she was leaving no stone unturned and she contacted this journalist Sarah Koenig um, and asked her you know would she look into the case and it was never the intention for it to be a podcast but that's kind of what it became and it's now one of the most downloaded true crime podcasts ever yeah
4: that's a strange story Shirley how did it, it like you said never was intended to be a podcast
12: No, so Sarah Koenig was an investigative journalist who was working for uh, the news agency NPR in the States. And podcasting wasn't new, but it was relatively new as the kind of a mainstream form of of broadcasting. Um, So when this friend of the family, Ravia Chowdhury, contacted Sarah Koenig, it kind of became, I suppose she was accumulating, when she started investigating it, she started accumulating a lot of audio. Uh, She was interviewing people, she was listening back to uh, police interviews, and she sort of approached it more like an audio documentary as opposed to a podcast.
4: Yeah, NPR will do a lot of that, yeah.
12: Yes, exactly. So it kind of evolved. She started out thinking I could make this a documentary series using the audio. And then it, it kind of kind of evolved into a, a serialised podcast.
4: And at what point, Shirley, did people begin to realise, hang on, she's onto something here?
12: I think what happened was she started really deep diving into things like timelines and um, DNA testing and witness statements. So she also was in contact with Adnan Syed himself. She had a lot of telephone calls where he was very open about what where she should be looking. So, for instance, one of the things was the journey time from where the alleged murder took place, which was in the parking lot of a Best Buy um, supermarket, to the dumping of the body in um, Leakin Park, a couple of kilometres away. And Adnan had always maintained that that journey was not possible in the time frame that the police said it happened. Mm-hmm. So he was he was instructing her to sort of time it, do do it yourself, time it, and see, investigate how long it would take to get from the car park to the side of the road into the site. To where the body was found and there was a lot of witnesses whose testimonies had changed from their initial police interviews to their testimony in court and she did a real deep dive into those and kind of nitpicked and picked away at little things and she got the case files as well and she looked into those Mm. there was massive issues with Adnan Syed's original defense lawyer um, who didn't do a really good job, and she felt that he hadn't had a fair representation. And then she did find some notes in those law in that lawyer's uh, files, unearthing the possibility of an alibi number one, and you know alternate suspects, which is always a huge thing. And there was. That was never disclosed at the time of the trial, which in America is called a Brady violation when there is evidence that's not disclosed to the defence at the time.
4: And that might have been, was was that the key? Because there's any number of true crime podcasts and documentaries and books and, and all of that, but getting from the podcast and whatever is in it, back into a courtroom in front of someone like Judge Melissa Finn, that's a leap. And what enabled them to make that leap?
12: Well, what actually happened was after the serial podcast, there was an appeal filed, you know, bringing new evidence to the fore and that appeal failed. But what actually happened then was last year in the state of Maryland where the crime was committed, there was a new law brought in and that law is called the Juvenile Restoration Act. And that means if you has been convicted of a crime or felony, when you were a minor so under the age of 18 and you've served more than 20 years of that sentence you deserve the right to uh. appeal for the balance of that conviction to be either thrown out or um, shortened so Adnan Syed filed immediately for that when that act came in came into law last year but in the meantime Um, Obviously, all the evidence that had been accumulated through the podcast people and you have these web sleuths that are always out there investigating these cases after listening to the podcast. There have been a lot of information come to light. And then it was then really that the prosecution, this was all initiated by the prosecution and not the defence, decided that perhaps the nature of the conviction wasn't 100 percent based on the new evidence that had come to light, and based on the fact that he had now filed this yeah. um, appeal for the Juvenile Restoration Act.
4: like the, 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 There's a woman called Becky Feldman, chief of their sentencing review unit in Baltimore, Maryland, and she told the judge like, there were various elements of the case, like flawed mobile phone data, unreliable witness testimony, a potentially biased detective, plus two more people who might have done it. Like That's enough reasonable doubt. To, to it's a lot
12: it's, of reasonable yeah. doubt. Yeah. And um, th- just yesterday, there was an updated episode of the Serial Podcast released based, you know, on, on the new evidence and the new information. Just a quick 15 minute update. And in that episode, Sarah Koenig does mention about these two alternate suspects. She doesn't name them because obviously they've not been charged with anything. But she does say that they were mentioned in the original podcast. And there's also um, a documentary on Now TV uh, called The Case Against Adnan Syed, a four, four-part four documentary kind of following it in, in real time as well. Mm-hmm. So these alternate suspects are mentioned in both the podcast and on the documentary. Mm-hmm. So it would be pretty obvious without naming them who they are, if you yeah. are familiar with either of those, yeah, you know. Yeah.
4: Judge, Judge, Judge Finn now has ordered the state to decide what to do within 30 days, but it seems fairly, fairly slam dunk that they'll quash the conviction and, and let him go free, which is huge work, huge investigative work.
12: It's huge. And I think, you know, it's, it's even Sarah Koenig did say at the in the updated episode that it's very unlikely that there will be a retrial of him. It would be more that it will be a fresh investigation. And that kind of that plays into like this is happening a lot lately. Anybody who listens to a lot of true crime podcasts in the last number of years, there have been any number of. Cold cases reinvestigated, leading to trials. There have been convictions overturned. This is a new wave of these, you know, web sleuths and armchair detectives that are bringing light to cold cases and possible unfair convictions.
4: And for years, they might have been dismissed as cranks and conspiracy theorists. But here's one where it's absolutely proved to be worth following. Shirley, before I let you go I know you keep an eye on the celebrity world you were saying to Fiona about Adam Levine is well, he innocent or guilty?
12: Well I think it's 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 not as straightforward as that, I think he's broken trust and that's, that's the foundation of any relationship, whether he physically did it or emotionally did it or however way you want to look at it, he's broken the trust and that's a breakdown of a relationship. There you go.
4: All right, Shirley, thank you. Shirley Dunlavin, the serial podcast is there. Loads and loads and loads of episodes. You could start right back at the start if you wanted to. uh, And produced by um, NPR's newsroom. And NPR, if you've never heard of it, NPR is like a national network news. Every different radio station and television station in America has got its own newsroom. But NPR is national, national public radio. And they're brilliant. So it's well worth a listen. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Yeah. <laughs> Mags I'm still I'm, I'm still clenching here At the thoughts
3: of what you want to do Simon Murdoch And the best music mix
1: Weekdays from midday On Cork's 96 FM Son, Samba, Superstar and you What could that all be about? You can have a guest today And I've got all your favourite tunes To fly it through Wednesday See you from 12 On Cork's 96 FM
4: Kevin says that Syed case Is exactly why I would never support Anyone talking about the death penalty yeah, that's a whole discussion in itself. The death penalty. Every time you want to talk about the death penalty, or you look at places and you say, "Well, the death penalty is a, a deterrent." You know, it might be a, at the end. You can hold up this and say, "Well, hang on a second now. If there was a death penalty there, and and all of that." Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Your thoughts are welcome. Are the kids just a bit too busy these days? Between school and dance classes and gar and music and then the earth they're stuck in. Are they just too busy? Do they ever have a chance to just be bored? Just do nothing and lie around and say, Mom, I'm bored, find something to do? Or do we constantly have to keep looking for something to entertain them? Because experts are saying now that parents are spending far too much time entertaining, stimulating their kids, keeping them busy, keeping them occupied, almost as if we have to do it all the time. And that there's a danger that the kids will be burnt out because of us. Bethann is a psychotherapist uh, from the Cam Parenting Club. Bethanne, um, I think kids are of maybe four, five and six and a little bit older are a lot busier now than mine were at that age. Maybe that's my imagination. I don't know. Morning.
13: Hello, good morning. Thanks for having me. I think so too. I mean, I'm a therapist and I think even my kids are a lot busier than I was at that age as well. And I'm always trying to think... Oh, what is going on? You know, what are we what are we expecting from our children? And I think that's the tricky thing, um, is just to think about well, what do we expect from them? Mm. You know, do we want them to be okay in themselves or do we want them to be amazing at things? And I know that, you know, we're lucky generally in society now, our kids can have so many opportunities to try different things. But I do wonder at what cost, you know, this year and and maybe it's from from a fallout from COVID as well. But I've met more families with suicidal children and I'm talking nine and 10 year olds, more children. Yeah, like more children suffering from burnout, suffering from anxiety and overwhelm. And, you know, if, if an adult comes to me and they're anxious or if I'm feeling overwhelmed and stressed in my life, the first thing I do is stop doing things that I don't need to do and pare it back to basics. Mm. And this is what we need to do for children as well.
4: Yeah. The, some modern thinking would be, I think, and that it's, it's not good to let them get bored. And I say, hold on a second. Bored is great. Because bored is the time where you pick up a new book or you watch a new show or you go and you find something else for yourself to do. We were allowed to be bored. And if I said to my mother, I'm bored, she'd find something for me to do, like cut the grass or clean the floor, so I learned not to tell her I
3: was <laughs> bored. <still to> me.
13: <laughs> yes, and even that is some skill in itself. Yeah, I think you're right. And you know, something I was talking about with a mum at the side of a pitch at the weekend was, you know, if I missed the end of a TV programme, I couldn't get it on catch-up or record. I just had to wait for my friend in school the next day to tell me what, to, what, what happened you know like life is so instant for children i remember sitting with my seat with, with my tape player trying to record songs when they came on the radio you know pushing the play and the what, what whatever mm. button it was at the we together because there was no spotify there was no getting things instantly and from a therapeutic perspective we really have to watch with instant gratification and mm. in children because what it does is it stimulates a dopamine response. It stimulates the part of us that wants more, more, more. Yeah. You know? And then. We- when children are young, it's kind of easier to manage, although the you know parents report huge meltdowns uh, coming off technology or saying no. But then, you know, when children enter the teenage years and when they get older, instant gratification can turn into things that are much more dangerous and damaging for them, like drink, alcohol, sex, porn, drugs, you name it, you know. Mm. So if we can teach children that balance within themselves, at this young age, and just try our best. I mean, who knows if we'll ever nail it, but it's this trying our best that children need, then there's more chance of them being okay when they're older.
4: It's it's a theory, isn't it called good enough parenting?
13: Yes, yes. And you see, when, when parents feel good enough, they don't spill their anxieties into their children's world. And often this is kind of where this stuffing comes from. Mm. You know, this idea, you know, you know, the more you do, the better you'll feel in yourself. But that simply isn't true. Yeah, you know,
4: there's a thing as well and you meet parents of, of younger children and I, I I thank my lucky stars that were out of those years in my house but you meet someone at say 8 o'clock on a Saturday evening might be someone you know and you say listen, do you want to go for a pint? And you'll be told, um, well actually I'm up since half 7 this morning between dancing GAA, art rugby, running, soccer and I'm going, hang on a second if you're tired how wrecked are the children?
13: yeah yeah that's it and and i think also you know all of these activities are provided but it is up to the parents to choose how often they go like i know sometimes say for us in my household i've three kids they're almost 8 9 and 11 And we had to stop one of the trainings midweek when the kids went back to school because they were on their knees. They were so tired. And yes, there was a fallout. The kids weren't like, "Okay, mom, that's great. I'll go rest now. But this is something we've done for years. If if the kids are tired and they have training twice a week, well, you can go on Saturday afternoon because right now you need to get a really good night's sleep so that you are okay for tomorrow. Mm. So all of this stuff is out there. But it's okay for the parents to tune into their child and choose if they attend full-time, part-time. And, and you know, I, I was saying this to mom and she said, yes, but what if your child shows promise? And, you know, you need to encourage them. And I said, well, you know, our brains work like a push-up and our bodies do. You know, it's it, it's the pushing up.
11: A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance.
13: It's important, but it's when we come down and rest, everything settles, mm. and that's when the brain learns.
4: I think something as well, and again, this is just an observation, Bethany. You may or may not agree with me. You're far more expert than I. I think there's nothing wrong with a child being bored now and again, and 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 the reason I say that is this: as 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 a man of middle age years, shall we say? There's nothing I enjoy more in life than the sheer pleasure of doing nothing.
15: Yeah, Doing
4: absolutely nothing. And I think, yes, in a, ch- in a child, we call that boredom. But when you get to adulthood and you're able to go, I'm going to do nothing today. That's a skill. That's a life skill and a very valuable one.
13: Yeah. And it's also kind of peace of mind, isn't it? You know, it's the ability to just sit and do nothing in therapy, the ability to sit with yourself. It's like the ultimate goal. And I think you're totally right. I mean, I know in our household, like if we take breaks from technology, say we'll say two weeks, no iPads, no telly, the things that the kids get up to are amazing, you know, or even changing the boundaries, say, you know, we've no technology in the house you know and I work with parents to support them to create a boundary that works for them I mean I I don't have all the answers right you know but you know create time for your children to do things where they're not being stimulated then you'll figure out who your child is and you know being bored children come up with amazing solutions
4: come away from the telly come away from the screen
13: yeah, it, I mean, it's really profound and, and, and it really does help children figure out who they are. And that is when their skills get developed, not perhaps by taking them to something once a week, a structured activity, you know, which does help. I'm not saying it doesn't, but it's that time when they've got nothing to do that they will start doing their dancing or their music or their colouring or whatever it is that digging out the back or building yeah. a dent, like whatever it is, that is the time that they will pick it up and that is when they will get good at something.
4: All right, Bethann, good talking to you. Thank you. That's Bethann O'Riordan, Psychotherapist, Calm Parenting Club, Her.ie, Her i e is the Instagram where you can read more about that thing. But I've, I've said this many times, one of the great pleasures of life is doing nothing, absolutely nothing. And I think... If you take that away from children, if you don't let kids get bored now and again, they'll never learn the joy of doing nothing. Do you think your kids are too busy? I mean, t- have a think now. If you've uh, children of a certain age, think of the things you have to do on Saturday. Okay. Uh, after school for a start, Monday to Friday, add that up and then think of what you have to do on Saturday. And then ask yourself, is that a schedule you'd like to keep yourself? Uh, are your kids too busy? Would, would you share your thoughts with me as to how busy your kids are? And maybe you are worried about them, but maybe it's a thing that you don't want to say no because I'm, I'm on board. Or you don't want to say no because I'm on my lovers. Is there a line to be drawn somewhere? 0818 oh, I discovered something this summer purely by accident. And now it's almost a thing where I said, I don't watch telly in the summer. I only realised it. The minute sort of Wimbledon was over, I don't watch telly in the summer. And I thought, I didn't miss it at all. Just did something different. Didn't get bored. Are the kids too busy? Is there too much on? Think of a Saturday morning, rugby, arts and crafts, dancing, singing. Singing. If your children are into the theatre of Panto, you're facing into the November-December period, oh my God almighty, look we me, eight days in the week. Are your children too busy? 0818969696. Come and tell me about it. Let's, let's, let's compare notes. Let's see how busy your children are. i want to talk for a, a few minutes to Carl Friel. Now, Cahill Friel is the co-founder and the chairman of Poolbeg Pharma. And he and someone that has been on the programme many times with us, uh, Professor Luke O'Neill, are about to tour the country, as it were, to talk to people about infectious diseases and to just have a conversation with people. And they're going to do this in Cork, Limerick, Galway, Belfast and Dublin Next week, uh, they're going on the road together just to talk about infectious diseases. Because I guessed, you know, take go back three years, go back to the autumn of 2019. Did we ever think that we'd be talking so much about infectious diseases and about so many different kinds of infectious diseases uh, three years ago? Now we've all become practically experts overnight, thanks to the help of people like Luke O'Neill and Kahal uh, Friel, who joins me. Kahal morning. Hey Jay, good morning. How are you? Good. It is an interesting thing to just think about, isn't it? Three years ago, very few of us talked tuppence about infectious diseases, and yet people like yourself and Luke were working at it for your jobs. Now it's very much day-to-day conversation
14: agree, PJ. And part of the reason we're kind of doing this trip around the country that like we're both directors of an infectious disease company called Pool Bag. It's listed in the stock exchange. But the kind of message I want to get across, I think Luke will be similar. Say, folks, as Biden said, COVID's over. It's time to get back to the real world. But also infectious disease, COVID's not going away for a long time. So we need to start treating it just like the common cold or the flu. Yeah, I've been saying for a while, that COVID is thankfully in the rear view mirror and hopefully
4: it will stay there. The science seems to be backing me up on that, that that hopefully
14: it will now. Yeah, look, PJs always stick to the science. The problem with this one is it coincided with Facebook and all the conspiracy stories and whatnot else. But look, the reality is the world plans for a pandemic. It planned for a bad one. It was actually in the overall scheme of things Covid nineteen the mortality rate was extremely low, and the mortality rate is pretty close to zero if you get vaccinated. Uh, but they knew it was coming, uh, like on the night and on the day we're going to debate is if look how long that shutdown. I have a very strong view is that the shutdown was far too long, and the reason we're going around the country is wave a flag, just in case anybody's getting uppity. COVID will be back in November, December caseload, like the flu comes back, but no more lockdowns. Stop Mm. the testing and treat COVID as the flu. You stay at home till you get better.
3: Mm. Doesn't that
4: feed into, though, Carl, what some of the conspiracy theorists were saying at the start? You know, we we were told to dismiss this, it's
14: just a flu thing. Yeah, and look, the reality, let's go back, what is the flu? The common cold generally is a coronavirus called OC49 or E. That's the two viruses caused, the common cold. It's not influenza, that's the common cold. Coronaviruses are, are, both are coronaviruses, there's six of them. COVID-19 is a coronavirus, there's seven. So the reality is COVID-19 is the cold. However, those conspiracy theorists. this is the problem with the internet, the first two, three, four, five months, we didn't know enough. First of all, the beautiful thing about this one is the pandemic was controlled by the vaccines. Two mRNA vaccines have pretty close to 100% efficacy to stop you going to hospital. So that was the big lucky break. The second lucky break is that the Spanish flu, which was our last pandemic, had a vastly, vastly higher mortality rate, like almost like vastly higher, meant if he got sick, he did die. The beauty about COVID-19, and it was lucky, like viruses come, viruses go, this one didn't have that mortality rate. Now that's not to dish it, a lot of people did die, but uh, anybody who eventually got the vaccine, uh, it was almost, as you've said yourself, PJ, Get, the vaccine, get vaccinated and COVID's in the rear view mirror. Get on with your life.
4: I remember Luke saying to me more than once on the programme, and he said, like, when people were very frightened, uh, Luke said to me, We will beat this thing, PJ. Trust us. And, and to yeah, be fair, that's... you know, you have to hand it to science. They did. But let's, you know, maybe talk about g- disease in general, like, like monitoring for diseases, monitoring for infectious diseases, D- to dread the thought. Watching for the next pandemic, watching for the next COVID. How much of that goes on all the time,
14: Carl? Yeah, look, it goes on regularly. There's early warning centers around the world. Uh, But look, put it this way pandemics comes out of left field regularly uh, most of the time they appear and disappear this one was a full blown pandemic uh, there will be monitoring but I think the message PG I'm very keen to get out I'm sure Luke will be saying the same but I, I can't speak in behalf of Luke is that look we need to get on with our life the world is frightened the PJs is out of itself the reality is that if you're vaccinated, COVID is over. Period. Unless, though, there is some people who have underlying health conditions, such as diabetics, such as oncology cancer patient, immune suppressed. But for the vast, vast, vast majority, if you're vaccinated, forget about it. But what I want to get as well, we shouldn't spend our life worrying. Like, if you go back and look at the War of the Worlds, what killed uh, the illusionary Martians was bacteria. Like, we live with infections. Our body is very, like, bear in mind, humans are great at repelling infections. So I think people stop worrying. We know about it. This was a dress rehearsal. If another pandemic comes, we all know what to do. We remember Leo coming on the TV saying this will be a St. Patrick's Day like no other. But, like, the, this year, St. Patrick's Day, we we're back to normal. So I think, look, we're lucky. But it is time to forget about infectious diseases and let's, let's get on with yeah. life and move forward. Does that make sense?
4: It, it makes sense. I'm thinking, though, of a, a man called Dr. Dennis Carroll, of whom you may have heard. He was the star of a Netflix documentary series, which interestingly came out in 2019, talking about the transfer, you know, from animals to, to humans and saying that there could be a really big one happen. Is that something that you watch?
14: Yeah, look, there's always been a really big one coming since the great plague of five, 600 years ago. Uh, so it's a bit like there's a lot of gentlemen like that. Oh, the end of the world is nigh. We've had that going back to the time of Christ. People are on the end, of the world is nigh. Like a stop clock is, one, is right once every 12 hours or once every 24 hours, depends which clock you're looking at. So I think, look, humans... We, we give diseases to animals. Animals give diseases. They're, they're interchanged. There's a lot of talk about this thing, that zoo, zoo topic. That means things coming from uh, zoological animals yeah. into humans. But look, bear in mind, we, we actually give animals a lot more diseases than they give us. Like uh, most of your dogs, cats get sick. They catch infections from us. They're living in their household. So I don't think, I think people should understand we pass them, they come back. Sometimes we give them the change and come back. So yeah, look, there's a complete... We've all become aware of where these things come because of the pandemic. Yeah. We've all had access to the Internet. But my genuine feeling is, yeah, look, the world is well prepared if another one comes. But generally, they're once every hundred yeah. years or two. But that's like they don't come that often.
4: I remember watching a crime show on the BBC years ago. And at the end of it, the presenter always used to say, remember now. Serious crime is rare. Are you applying the same thing here, Cahill, yourself and, and Luke? Really serious things in infectious disease science, really serious
14: things, really nasty, frightening things are rare. I agree, totally. Um, they're always around there. Uh, and look, the, the next big fear factor, and we're uh, look, this is coming down the track. Uh, people be worrying oh, bird flu. Yeah. There's an avian flu, a thing called H5N1, and people have saying, "Oh, it's really nasty." Bird flu, that particularly one H5N1, kills thirty percent. Now that's lethal. I was walking out Dun Pier, as I do most mornings at half, five, six morning, and for the first time I can see the dead seabirds. they're up along the Scot- Scottish coast. Now, I'm kind of given early warning, the chances of H5N1 ever coming into the human population is pretty close to zero. When you analyze that virus, it can't infect us. There's lots of things in the wild that we know. Yes, two or three people in the world did catch H5N1, but they were in a massive, big poultry factory or a breeding factory. And there's always, but it's a bit like you said, the next one. There will be talk about H5 bird flu in the next weeks and months as people see dead seabirds around Europe. uh, You'll see it. But the reality is a bit like, will you catch cancer for 99.9% of you won't catch it. We don't get out of bed in the morning. Worrying when will we catch cancer, worrying when will we get some real serious disease. Uh, so I think my view, pandemics, nasty infectious diseases, we, we have to stop worrying about them. Be aware of them. Yeah. Uh, be aware of them. Take precautions. Masks are great if you're worried. If you're elderly and you're sick, like our Asian friends for generations. Yeah, have, right. When in public, if they're old or concerned, stick the mask on. Masks that's do right. work.
4: That's right, that's right. So 28th of September, yourself and Luke are in Cork, and uh, tickets available.
14: Take us available. But we're we're now we're looking actually for a, a bigger room. We're booked waiting. into the hotel. Uh, we got overbooked yesterday. People can go to the Pool bag website, just www.poolbagpharma.com. You'll see it up there and register. Uh, put your name down for the waiting list. So I'm sure we'll get a bigger room in Cork. So we're absolutely overbooked. But we will. We are overwhelmed with the response. We're quite surprised, but. <laughs> We'd have to get any in Cork, any in Limerick, go to our website. The Cork one is completely overbooked to the moment, but we will free up space. We'll get a slightly bigger room. So, okay. yeah, we're really excited the interest level and people wanting to hear about mm-hmm. it. Well, pass but it we, I, I am emphasizing this is not a frightens. This is telling people how to do things going forward. Very good.
4: Pass on our regards to Luke. He was a remarkable commentator throughout the whole of the pandemic forest when we could uh, get him on the show. That's Karl Friel, a co-founder and chairman of Poolbeck Pharma, who with Professor Luke O'Neill will be in Cork on uh, the September 28th. It's completely <laughs> booked out. They're trying to get a bigger room, but you'll you find any more deets that you want at com. Nice positive twist. It's gone. It's over. Move on. Uh, If you're vaccinated, you're safe. It's well and truly in the rearview mirror. Some people will always worry about it. Some people need to be more careful than others. But for most of us... It's history. That's good to know.
1: Access all
3: areas on Corks 96 FM.
1: Your guide to nightlife on Leaside. Hi,
0: it's Michael here with an update on Corks entertainment. One of Ireland's favourite artists, Mary Black, is regarded as one of the most important Irish vocalists of her generation. Mary comes to Cork Opera House on Sunday, October the second, as one of the main headliners at this year's Cork Folk Festival. Tickets are still available. Access all areas. On the road again. An evening with Fiegan O'Vean on Tom Dunn and Alan Connor. Turns to Cork for a show at Cypress Avenue this Saturday night. You can expect some classics from the Hothouse Flowers and Something Happens, as well as some surprises, with tickets on sale from the Venue Box Office and Ticketmaster.ie Access All Areas You can contact us here at Access All Areas if you have a show, play or exhibition coming up, or any live streaming events or gigs by emailing us at aaa at 96fm.ie Access All Areas
1: With Cork Culture Night, Cork City Enjoy free events in over 100 venues on Friday, September 23rd. See culturenightcork.ie on Corks
3: 96 FM. On the
4: 19th of January, the government announced a tax-free payment of 1,000 euro for frontline healthcare workers and staff who'd worked during the pandemic. Nursing Home Ireland chairman Tig Daly joins me. Tig, how many employees in your sector? Have still not had their payment, and this is the twenty first of September. Good morning.
9: Yeah, good morning, PJ. As you've outlined, there we're now over eight months on since this announcement was made by by government, and it was the right announcement, obviously. But the frustration and anger now at this point is 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 very palpable across the sector. So, ballpark around uh, somewhere between thirty five and forty thousand uh, people who work in private and voluntary nursing homes, also those who work in home care. Uh, Dublin Fire Brigade have been on to me in the last number of days uh, and some paramedics and in, in, in other non-HSE uh, services are also awaiting this uh, pandemic recognition payment. So to say it's frustrating now is is an understatement.
7: It's
4: insulting is what it is, Tig.
9: It is It is very insulting and um, I suppose, as I say, the level of anger. Uh, I mean, it is discrimination uh, of people who as we all know, I don't have to remind you our listeners, uh, the people who worked in nursing homes uh, were literally on the front line throughout COVID. Uh, so now to be told that they have to, to wait for this this, this recognition payment uh, you know, is really, really demeaning uh, of the efforts they put in and it's also treating them, you know, in some respects as sec- second class citizens because you know, the vast, vast majority of those who work directly for the HSE would have already uh, already received it. And at this point in time, we don't have a date, we don't have a procedure, or we don't have an indication of when it's likely to be paid. So um, it really is incredulous now at this stage.
4: And, and and worse again, the HSE would appear to be tendering for a third party to do it. She could be waiting until 2023 for, for it now.
9: Well, and that's our concern, to be honest, PJ. I mean, back throughout the year, I suppose we, you know, weren't naive, but we were hoping that, you know, before the summer, people would be able to maybe enjoy it over the summer holidays or, or, you know, cover some back-to-school costs. But in reality, if it's not, you know, discharged by Christmas at this stage, there you know, there will be a mutiny in some respects, a, 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 across the sector because um, the the tendering process now is is adding a further delay and also a further cost to this whole procedure so it it is very very upsetting for for all of those involved Uh, but you know we just need to keep the i suppose the momentum now behind it and keep the pressure on government to ensure that they do discharge the payment as an absolute priority
4: and lastly do people have any recourse if they don't like what's the recourse here
9: well, I, I mean, I suppose what we're watching is what happened in the HSC facilities. And, um, you know, there, there was an appeal process, for example, uh, for those who didn't receive it. Um, but ultimately, what we need to see now is is a, a you know, confirmation of a date for payment and a process around that. And I suppose once that happens, uh, then, you know, the, the the actual recourse that you speak of will obviously uh, crystallize uh, as that comes to, to, to pass. But ultimately, now, what we're calling on, on, on the HSE and the Department of Health is to say by X date we will have this discharge and just get on with it,
4: to okay. be honest. Ty, thank you very much. Oh wait, one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. And there's also people who came over from the NHS, uh got no long term jobs, went back to the UK they got nothing. Do you know? So many people left down by it. The, the scheme was a great idea. We all said, Oh that's that's nice. That's nice back in January. Now it's more like Miss Brown Mrs Brown going. That's nice. KCN Ross in the morning. Weekdays 6 to 9 a.m. on Corks
3: 96 FM. I love karaoke Do you know what karaoke means? It's Japanese for empty orchestra Empty orchestra Yeah I love karaoke What did you do?
0: I did I'm too sexy by myself, right self Of course you did There's two ways you can get me to go to something Yeah right. Karaoke Free jambons Quiz night Okay I will go to a quiz night as well What about a quiz-yoke? You have to
3: I... sing the answers Oh my god almighty What have we just invented? Oh my
0: god <laughs> Cambodia <laughs> <laughs> Two
1: packs for down 1916 rising <laughs> Casey and Russ in the morning with Noel DC Cars Blackpool. Exclusively Skoda in the city. Find your next car online at noldc.com. Open 24-7. The lines are live. And we're ready to talk. Can we just talk? Four oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Text or WhatsApp oh
3: eight three three ninety six ninety six ninety six.
1: Email opinion at ninety six
3: fm. The opinion line with PJ Coogan
1: on Corks ninety six fm.
4: A lot of people are very annoyed that forty thousand workers, forty thousand workers, let alone the people then who went back to the UK, after coming come over from the NHS, got nothing in that bonus. I'll come back to some of your comments. But, uh, but children being too busy We've had a few people contact us About how busy their kids are Finbar, Finbar I even read the list And I'm gasping for breath How the heck Do you keep up with them? Monday Lego Club and Taekwondo Tuesday Chess and Swimming Wednesday Taekwondo Thursday Occupational Therapy Friday Soccer Saturday Hurling Good lord
16: well, he, he likes to keep active, but no, like it's um like it's very beneficial for him. I like, there's still plenty of hours in the day where he's he could be bored over his mind all he wants. What age you he? Uh, he's seven in November, right? Okay. Do you know, like, we got him into Taekwondo <clears throat> because he has a uh, dyspraxia and uh, it it helped him hugely, and uh, he loves it. Like he's going to be a teenager in a few years, and he has to be able to you know stand up for himself and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, and um, Harland, he absolutely loves it. He loves it. Mm. Uh, soccer, he loves it. Do you know, swimming—you yeah, have to be able to swim. It's marvelous. Like, <laughs> like there's no pressure to be a an Olympic winner. Do you know, just uh, you know, be able to try and be safe in the water is important because he has no fear of the water. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, he jump into a into a pool for you no problem. Yeah. You know, he, he can't swim, yes nearly yeah. there you know yeah. so like and
4: the other <laughs> you must be run ragged from dragging him around from this to that I mean the, but it's great
16: it's great because he likes it and like I get a kick over because he enjoys it do you yeah. know what I mean Yeah, yeah, yeah. so like it's, it's it's enjoyable it's not a chore do you know I know I know like it's
4: after school evening time Saturday mornings
16: yeah exactly exactly
4: mm. and you know does he ask to do all these things or do you say to him, Listen, do you wanna try this, do you wanna try that?
16: Yeah, no no, it, well, a bit a bit of both. Like we we put him in to Taekwondo and he loved it. Um Harlan he wanted to play Harlan and it's always right next door, right next to the Harlan Club. Um <coughs> the soccer, he wanted to play soccer because if you if the like when he was before, you know, he started up in the club, whatever. He'd be out in the pitch playing soccer with the lads. Right. You know? And then they go, oh, we're, we're, we're starting down now. And they fly to, you know, that kind of carry on. So, uh, but yeah, but, like, he, he still is all the time. Like, like, there's there's two kids in the park he's in school with. They go out and play all the time. Or they're walking about or whatever. And, uh, like, he has time at home. He's bored. Like, he's he reads a book, you know. He builds his own little Lego thing. But, so, like, he's, he's always busy. But it's, it's not always, um you know, going to a sport or whatever. You know, yeah. like, he's, he keeps himself busy at home as well. Like. Yeah. Which you know, through his own mind, basically, you know.
4: Lego and chess. Now, I've heard of chess. He's very young for chess, but I've heard of chess clubs. Lego club is an entirely
16: new one on me, Finbar. Well, it, it's good. See, it's all problem solving, which is pretty much all the jobs of the future are going to be problem solving, even the jobs that haven't been invented yet. So um, <clears throat> that's, that's a huge thing. Uh, chess, um, his granddad got him a book before, I think it was his granddad, uh, how to beat your dad at chess. And he started reading this. Yeah, he started. Yeah, yeah. He can get you. He can get you in check like, before for you moves. Do you know, he's very. Uh, he's a very uh, attacking, progressive chess player.
4: <laughs> and would you be a player yourself? Like,
16: uh, no, not really, not really. I would play with him. Do you know, and uh, that kind of carry on. Like, but you know, I was never uh, big into it. Right. You know, but he he loves it. Yeah, well he it's great
4: that. it's great for the mind. Chess is great to exercise the mind and logic yeah. and planning and all of that. And then That's Sunday enough. is kind of his day off.
16: Oh yeah. Yeah. Sunday flipping he changes the switch for an hour. Chasing Nintendo Switch for an hour. That'd give it to him on a Sunday. And um <clears throat> you know, he can do what he wants. He usually ends up going out with the lads. like he used to he used to do Gaelic football on the Sunday morning as well. But he, he packed it in and right. we said, look, we've no problem with packing it in. Do you know, like he went because there was lads in the class going, he's like, I'm going to a football. I said, like, All right. So he went for about six months and then um, they started putting games on a Saturday, same thing with Harlan. and there's no way he'd miss Harlan, So mm. he packed in the game of football.
4: Yeah. Do and know, do you think, I mean, like you say, seven in November, is is it the pace he can keep up, Finber?
16: It Well, it, it will be because, like, in a couple of years, the sports will get competitive and, like, you're either not going to get picked for the team or. You might get picked for all the teams, and the times are going to be clashing. And like, you have to, like, it is, like, <clears throat> the way things are. Like, they they will be very young picking a sport. Yeah, you know. But that's just the way the world's gone. I suppose. Yes, so. you know. And, like, he, like, there's no pressure on him to be winning all Ireland's or, <laughs> or winning a World Cup or a Champions League, and kind anything. Of he just he really enjoys it. Well, so.
4: there's a good reason, if any. Uh, Finbar, thank you. A uh, busy lad. Busy lad, 7 in November, and the list alone would leave you short to breath. But he, lo- he loves it, he enjoys it, and good for him. And Sunday's kind of his day off. Thanks, Finbar, 081896 96, 96 Now, Peter Finn from Home Rescue. You've three daughters. I, 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 I'll talk to you about Ultimate Hell Week in just a second, Pete. But three daughters, God bless us. <laughs> yeah. Have you time to work? Have you time to do Ultimate Hell Week?
17: <laughs> how we doing Paige yeah look um, it, yeah three daughters have, have come my way uh, and what do they say blessed is he uh, surrounded by women and um, yeah they keep me on my toes I have to say now they keep me on my toes uh, very interesting listening to that man there the previous caller brilliant that uh, he has uh, his, his son playing chess at that young age I think that's a fantastic thing to do I really do think that uh, it's good to keep our kids active and keep our kids uh, in, in both ways, both physically active and then obviously both uh, keeping them tipping over mentally. M- my girls are all into, into fashion and I have two of them playing football and then I have, I have the third, the youngest one is, is the, the maddest of them all, so she just goes around wrecking the place, so it's all good. It's
7: all good. <laughs> it's all good.
17: Now,
4: Ultimate Hell Week, you are supporting Children's Foundation Crumlin with Ultimate Hell Week.
17: How's it been? Yeah, yeah, it's been an experience. I can tell you that. Um, if anyone is, is listening, that's seeing the show. It's and it's it's really really tough. Like I mean, they the guys, the DSs, they put you through um some unbelievable, really, unbelievably physically tough exercises, but also you know very mentally challenging as well. They kind of bring you to places that you've never been. Um, and I know that's a bit of a cliche, but I can tell you one thing, when you're there and you're experiencing it, that's exactly what happens. They're very clever. They watch your body language. They watch who's kind of strong in certain aspects, and they'll make sure that they kind of sweep the, the ground out from underneath them and yeah. uh, bring them back to square one, you know. But to do it for a charity like the Children's Health Foundation is, is absolutely fantastic. It, uh, the, the Children's Health Foundation, uh, obviously, I've got three girls. As- oh,
4: dear. <laughs> Yeah, it's gone on us. We'll try and come back to. I'll take the break, please, see Can we come back to him uh, in just a couple of seconds? You guys
3: Drive Home, weekdays from 4.
11: On Cork's 96FM. Whether you're leaving work, school or college, make sure you're with me every evening on the big drive home. I've got celebrity chats.
17: Every summer I'd be going to the bug. I can confirm a tea break and the bug is the best.
11: I've got all things Cork, and I mean all things. Speaking of
0: tattoo or oh, I have the crests that the Cork County Council vans have on my shoulders.
11: And I've got the music that you want to hear. Tunes
3: pump it, no better feel it.
11: So all we need is you. Join me, Lorraine every weekday from 4.
3: The Big Drive Home on Cork's
4: 96FM. Back briefly again with Pete Pind from Ultimate Hell Week. Um, A fella like you who does a lot of building and into the outdoors, you'd be handy to handle the cold and the wet and the wind, but these lads can put you through something else entirely.
17: Yeah, absolutely. Apologies for that, there, PJ. No I'm too, I'm too busy. The phone never stops. But yeah, absolutely. Look, I, I did certainly have an advantage over some people. I work outdoors, like I, I kind of do physical stuff every day. But um, again, it's not all, all about the physical part of it. Like there was some really, really strong contestants on it. Uh, a lot of people from down your way. Uh, Satanto Halpin is on it, and Owen Cadigan, Billy Holland, off Munster as well. So big, strong men. So I, I was, I certainly wasn't the biggest man in the group. I can tell
4: you. Yeah, yeah. Of course, as Ray always said, and he said it to me on the show. Here, Ray, going, he said, "There's no one I can't break."
17: <laughs> well, I can contest with that. They, uh <laughs> the guys—they're very clever. Like they're, that's the the one thing I'd say about the the DS is, as soon as you meet them, you know instantly that they are watching your every move, and their their instinct to to kind of you know know what makes you tick is is, is unbelievable, you know, and. Uh, they're, they're very clever guys. Like, I, I, like a lot of people, kind of go, you know, how do you take that abuse and yeah. how would you listen to that type of stuff? But like, you don't go onto a show like that and expect to, to all be roses and nice, mm-hmm. nice, comfy beds. Yeah. You know, it's uh, you know what you're getting yourself into. Yeah. And like, I've it takes but built inside humour to, humor to an, an another <laughs> level, though, doesn't it? <laughs> it certainly does. Now it certainly helped me. And look, I've played GAA all my life as well. I played yes. a lot of sports. And uh, I just when the when the the lads were were giving us the grief, I just kind of said to myself, okay, you're in a match here, and you're just kind of having a bit. A, having a bit of a uh, or banter coming your way, and um, that helped me a lot. I think. I think you know, doing anything like ultimate Hell Week, you certainly have to get your mind in the right place as well as your body, because it's uh, it certainly comes at you from all angles.
4: Sure. All right. Well, good luck with it. We're not allowed to know how you did, but you're doing really well anyway. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, Pete. Pete Finn. Um, another. Victim, I would call them, on <laughs> on uh, Ultimate Hell Week, which is back tonight on RTE 935. 0818 96 96 96. Now, uh, this year's National Women's Enterprise Day, run by the local enterprise office, takes place in October. And plans are being put together uh, as we speak. Dr. Niall O'Keefe is head of enterprise at Cork City Council. Niall, good morning.
18: Good morning, PJ. It's a big event and a lot of planning goes on to it. It's, it's a, it is a big event and it's a very important event, PJ. Um, as you know, the role of the local enterprise offices uh, are to support the startup and development of businesses and ultimately job creation. And what we do on an annual basis is that we celebrate uh, female entrepreneurship. By hosting an event. Now the event is organized by Cork City, uh, Leo, uh, along with our colleagues in the county and with the Kerry local enterprise office. So this year the event is in the Brehen in Killarney um, on the 13th of October um, and we have a number of uh, speakers who've been through the mill as it were. And I suppose there's four real advantages to the event PJ. Um, the first one is to celebrate people who've been through success, female entrepreneurs. Uh, the, the next one is, is to disseminate the information that we have in terms of what supports are available. Local enterprise offices have significant supports uh, that are free or low cost in terms of training and mentoring. Um, there's also an opportunity for for networking, so there's a great um, there's a great camaraderie, great sense of uh, opportunity of who you can meet and how you can uh, come together and get your business started. In terms of speakers on the day, we have. Uh, four speakers who've been uh, through the mill, as it were. Um, from from Cork, we have Enrica Moore, who's based in Buttevant with visca Systems. Uh, they're a robotics company, and they've been supported by the Enterprise Office. We have Rosie Mansfield, who's based in Youghal, representing Kerry. We have Emily Brick from uh, Athena Analytics. Um, again, a technology-based company. And we have representing Cork, Sarah de Miguel Hernandez, uh, who has developed her business in, in the area of yoga. Um, so like it, it's really important, again, just to reiterate the point that we're celebrating women, women in business. There are barriers to women. We're looking to see how we can overcome those barriers. And it's really important that women are aware of the supports that are available. Mm-hmm. One of the challenges that, that is there is, like statistically, We have more women participating in our programs in the last 18 months. 61% of women, uh, are 61 participants in our training courses are women. Um, 59% of those entering mentoring are women. And we've supported 176 women owned businesses with Leo grant funding. What we wanted to make sure is that people have the skills, the tools and the confidence to move to the next stage of business startup with the supports that are available from the local enterprise office.
4: And what are those supports, Dial briefly?
18: Well, um, at the outset, you can have a, a business advice clinic, which is free of charge. Um, if you're in business already and you're looking to pivot or change, there's a mentoring program that's available. It's free of charge. We have a myriad of courses, PJ, uh, that are uh, that are available, everything from uh, how to trade online, uh, your social media presence, the basics of returns to VAT, how to start in a food business, how to use Canva. I, I could list, my colleague Eta Madden has, has dozens of courses, and just again, numerically, we've had over 3,000 people attend these courses over the last 18 months, mm-hmm. and we want more and more people to participate, particularly women, um, and i say it's very low cost, if not free participate in these programs so the event in the Brehen on the 13th of october is 30 euro um there's some super speakers there i mentioned participants who've been through business but tanya lennon is the keynote speaker on the day uh, we have the chief executive of kerry county council and um mc for the day whom you know Elaine Kinsella from Radio Kerry so it's you know it, it's a celebration of female entrepreneurship it's a celebration of of what people have achieved despite barriers and challenges in in entering the creation of jobs and uh, the the enterprise market
4: Sure, and I know you've got a meeting to get to, and I appreciate that you've given us some time. Dr. Nell O'Keefe, Head of Enterprise at Cork City Council. The LEO uh, event is on 13th of October, at Leo in uh, Killarney, in the dot Localenterprise.ie forward slash Cork City is where you can go to book your place. And as I said, it's 30 quid. Localenterprise.ie forward slash Cork City. That's where you'll get that information. 0818 96, 96 96 Thank you for that, Niall. On the pandemic bonus, Anne-Marie, I can not understand how the government grants something and make a big deal about it and then don't see it through. The same happened with the victims of abuse. You can be sure that people and organisations left their own devices won't prioritise this because they've been given clear signals, signals that politicians expect and redline other issues. Uh, not quite sure where you're going there, Henry. but you're not surprised that some people are suffering like this long, long, long waits. Ashley, my hobby works for an after-hours GP service, worked non-stop through COVID, as people couldn't see their GP and aren't getting the payment either. Everyone who worked should get it. Mike is still waiting for his payment. I'm a frontline worker. It's disgraceful. Carry on. Uh, yeah, and those of those coming in. 40,000 people who still don't have their payment. 26FM, we can go back to Sarah de Miguel Hernandez. Thanks for holding on. So tell me about your business and the history of it and what it's all about.
19: So my business at PJ is a wellness company where I look after people's well-being from doing chai yoga, so I don't know if you have done it before. Pj, yoga, sitting on a chair, particularly people, you know, with reduced mobility or working from home. You know that they need it. I also teach cooking classes because I think it's important to know what you are feeding yourself and then looking at the mindset with um, the life coaching techniques. And it's been great to see that how, you know, being in alignment, the three Mm. things help people to be happier. And uh, Mm. for me, it's been a great opportunity, you know, with the Leo, what you were talking to Nile earlier, the different courses really helped me to um, leave the corporate world and set up my own business.
4: Yeah, like what did you do with, with Leo? How did they help you to develop
3: your company?
19: Yeah, so I'm originally from Spain and I was in Ireland working. I'm a qualified charter accountant and I saw the niche in the market where people needed, uh, for example, chair yoga. And uh, Leo was a great opportunity, like the mentors that Mary was talking about, to sit down, advice clinic and see my idea. Was it viable? How to do it? How to set up a business in Ireland, which I didn't know anything about. And also afterwards, once I went ahead and did it, like I'll you know, my accounting background was great, but I knew nothing about marketing or social media. I didn't even have an Instagram account. So I attended the courses that Mariel was mentioning and really gave me the tools to feel more confident, to know how to uh, promote my business, what to do. And they have been been fantastic support. Most of the courses are actually free. So for any women or men, but particularly in this case, you know, with the event that is happening in October, women that are thinking about it, that they just have an idea. Don't think that you are on your own. You can go chat to them. They are very friendly. They'll help you. And they might give you the little push that they need, you know, to go ahead and try it.
4: Talk to me a little bit about chair yoga. I've seen videos on Instagram of of people doing it. And it it just looks like lifting your knee while you're sitting down. Is it as simple as that? Like who can benefit from it? Who can do it?
19: It can be anybody. And that's where I I found that, that for me yoga is more than just, you know, the pictures that maybe sometimes we see in social media. Yoga has a lot more and it can benefit anybody no matter what flexibility or fitness levels they have like i have some clients that are in wheelchair where all we'd work is the upper body or then i have elderly people as well and they can do it it's just a matter of adapting the poses meditation for example for mental health is something really good that i include in my classes and it's a soft approach everybody to be able to uh, benefit from yoga without having to do it on the mat, yeah. that not everybody's able to do it, as you can
4: imagine. And everybody's got a chair in the house somewhere.
19: Yeah, <laughs> any chair. <laughs> I, I've done it with wheels, without wheels. Any type of chair always works. We can adapt it, make it safe for the person and that way they, they feel comfortable. Yeah. And, um,
4: you, yeah. you set the company up in 2019 and of course nobody could have predicted what was going to happen. A few months after that, was was the pandemic and lockdown and all those things? Was that helpful or 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 a hindrance to you?
19: Well, for my business, it was one of the best things that could have happened to me. There was one day where all the business disappeared and I panicked, but then I went on to social media and I started doing Facebook lives, and people were spending so much time at home and sitting down that it took off. I created a virtual studio. So it's not only in Cork City that I've been able to teach classes in the States, in Australia. Nice. I have students all around the world thanks to, you know, the, the technology. So for me, I know it was a difficult time for a lot of other business, but I'm very grateful that pivoting to to, um, with the technology online, it has helped me to, to do okay. classes all around the world without and going anywhere. Or and that's it, bedroom. yeah, you, you <laughs> can
4: do classes in Cork or Kerry maybe or Waterford. Yeah. But now you can do them in anywhere from Cork to California.
19: Yeah, exactly. And particularly, you know, with companies that maybe they might have people working remotely has worked really well because some are will be maybe hybrid, they are in the office, but some people might still be working from home so they can all as a team join the class with me. We do it together and uh, I get to access those people that before, if I have told them to join Zoom and do a class with me, they might have been against it completely. <laughs>
4: uh, yeah. Great. Continued success with it. It's called Flow With Me, Sarah de Miguel Hernandez, and be taking part in the local enterprise office, uh, National Women's Enterprise Day, which is on Thursday, 13th of October. She'll be one of the main speakers at that in the Brehon in Killarney. Thank you, Sarah, and good luck with your continued success of your business. Like I said yesterday, we don't know. We actually don't know. None of us have been told what it is but it is big very very big and very very exciting and you'll find out more well when you find out more and we can't wait right Corks 96 I'm counting down to your next big way to win it's huge all I can tell you it involves sun samba a superstar and you now how's that sun samba a superstar and you. Someone said could it be a dirty weekend with Marty Morrissey in, Bar- in Banner Beach I, I, It's not, okay but uh, stay listening for more more information coming soon on Cork's 96 FM Shall I go to Justine now? I will. Okay The Autumn Fest is back this weekend in Douglas Street joined by Justine Looney of Cork Flower Studio Hi Justine
15: Hi, PJ. How are you doing?
4: Good, good. Tell me about Autumn Fest.
15: Uh, Autumn Fest is our big uh, annual celebration of all things Douglas Street um, and the South Parish as well. Uh, We've had a two year break for COVID, so we're really excited. We're back this Sunday, uh, 12 to 6, and bigger and better than ever before.
4: It's all along the street.
15: The whole street. So we're closed to traffic from Summerhill South right up until Dunbar Street. Um, and we we have a big job ahead of us now, clearing all the, the parked cars off the street by Sunday morning, um, and we'll be closed for the day. So it's a completely safe, car-free street for children to wander around, for cyclists, for older people, uh, buggies. Um, I believe we will have guards on horseback, mm. so um, it'll be a real uh, treat for anybody living or passing through the area on Sunday.
4: The theme is Autumn Fest: Our Sustainable Community.
15: Yes, so obviously with the way the world is going we're we're all on the same um, journey towards how do we become more sustainable and I think the idea came up um, that actually sustainability is a bit more than just recycling and um, that kind of thing so we were looking at how sustainability affects our community so it's kind of being able to live here safely and affordably being able to connect with nature being able to know who lives near us being able to make a difference and ultimately being able to sustain and nurture our community so that you know as an urban community so that we have um, that connection that maybe you see more in small uh, rural places, villages where people rely a lot more on each other Because sometimes people think
4: sustainable is all about solar panels and windmills, there's a lot more to it than that
15: There is an awful lot more to it and this week is Sustainable Development Goals Week as well, I think it's the first time that week has been happening so um, we are, you know I think it's just about awareness and about people realising how much, say, the climate emergency affects us all and actually in quite small ways, like being able to know our neighbour or being able to live somewhere safely. So that kind of came up and we thought we'd go with that as a theme. So what we're kind of focusing on this year at the festival is, well, ultimately a day of enjoyment for everybody, but um, also showcasing the lots of different things that are happening in the community that do connect people so we have um, t- storytelling with the, the city library. Um, we have the le- South Parish is a learning neighbourhood, so we have a stand at the learning neighbourhood um, who will have information on all the different groups that are going. Um, the Saint, previously St. Saint John's College, it's now called College of Fresh uh, Douglas Street, mm. uh, they will have, um, for example, they have a course in motorbike uh, restoration and maintenance, and they'll have some uh, restored motorbikes on show. Um, we we have a, a group called Creativity and Change. They're based out of the Crawford Arts College, um, who will be running workshop in the afternoon. Um, we have, would you believe, we have the First South Credit Union taking a stand right outside where the credit union used to be on Douglas Street for Excellent. many years. So, it's just about a
4: sense of community and all do. the things that are on. Exactly. Yeah, and, and, a, and a paella stall. So, I can't wait to pop down for that. Justine Looney of uh, Cork Flower Studio. Autumn Fest, Douglas Street, this weekend, Sunday, September 25th, from 12 until 6. The place closed to traffic from 11 to 8. Residents being asked not to park there uh, during the day. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. I mentioned <laughs> solar panels and sustainability. PJ, you're talking a lot about solar panels. I'm looking for someone who specializes in solar servicing. Does anybody know? Well, I don't. So if anybody can help, we'd b- appreciate it. Um, whether children are too busy. Uh, Finbar, with the big long list of stuff that his youngster does, but he loves it. Uh, mine aren't too busy, but I think it's like a timetable of when to play, when to have fun. I thought lockdown would have changed that, but no, it's worse now. They've no time to just use their imagination. The words playdate give me the ick. Oh, yeah. Oh, don't start me. Playdate. I tell you, anybody who uses the word playdate wouldn't get inside my front door. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> we used to call that meeting up down the green. Playdate. I'm listening to that list, it's no different when I grew up, Monday to Friday, GA four times a week, matches Wednesday, basketball Friday a Saturday morning on the Parochial Hall, Sunday visiting and playing ball outside. Is it really that different, Part of being more organised and structured? Then we had it in the 80s, which is a fair point. Sometimes I guess we forget how busy we were and how crazy and mad we were, but in our own way, without a timetable. Noel says, though, it is crazy. Let the kids enjoy it. Don't burn them out. That's another way of looking at it. 0818 96 96 96. Now John and Cove was on about the pandemic bonus and Tig. From Nursing Homes Ireland, Thai Like, honest to goodness, what a disgrace. 40,000 people still don't have that pandemic bonus. And now HSC is putting out a tender to, um, to, 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 to hand out the rest of the money, it's just bonkers John and Cove says, during the pandemic politicians rewarded themselves very well with pay rises some countries like Singapore which wasn't particularly badly prepared accepted a pay cut in recognition of not having adequate stock of PPE for example Our boys just lashed out money to suppliers to fix that problem and then lashed out more money on themselves for being so clever. Remember, PJ, the next time the nurses in the UK and Australia hear Leo asking people to answer Ireland's call, they'll remember they were told they weren't entitled to the bonus because they were no longer working for the HSE, even though they weren't even offered a job in the first place. Buffoons we have running the country. A child of 12 wouldn't treat them like that. And the next time might be a worse disease than COVID-19. We were speaking back at the end of August. I remember talking to Emma. Uh, Emma was talking to me about her son, uh, who has autism, and they really needed some help. She was just at the end of her tether, needing some help. It was quite distressing to hear about the situation, actually, that uh, she was coping with. She was just on to us on Facebook to say thanks for highlighting the case. The good news is that the Disability Action Team have called, and her lad has also been diagnosed with Fragile X. But apart from that, so many different people have reached out with help and asked, you know, advised her stuff to try and what not to try. And it's really, really helping. I remember Emma, she felt so isolated. She felt nobody got it, nobody understood. Uh, And that's why I was so delighted she came on the show because. There are people out there who always understand and who've been where you are, and they can offer fantastic um, advice, just tips and advice, and there's no better There's no better person to help you than another parent who's been in the same situation. Fiona, you use the term "playdate" all the time with the kids. Put on that headset. What? A ridiculous term!
3: Play it's
10: ridiculous date. about that. It's like, it's cute for them. They say it all the time. It's I say awful. It I, well,
3: it's what's wrong with American it? American gobbledygook.
10: Yeah, but sure, a lot of the stuff that they watch now is American anyway. Playdate?
4: So. Yeah. I'm going into Tom's house, mammy. That's all it needs to be.
10: They'll say to me, can we organise a play date?" You see, I suppose, Peter, when you were growing up, people, kids were allowed to run wild around the place, but nowadays...
4: We had a green and a ball. <laughs>
10: But nowadays, like if the kids, if their friend lives um, a bit of a distance away, and um, we have to bring them over to will the you, house, we you to drop say, me to
4: Mary's house.
10: Can we can we organise a playdate, oh, Jack, sweet or whatever? Of,
4: God Almighty! Is it any wonder the the Kardashianisation of the world? There is
10: nothing wrong with the word play date. I play hate
4: date. it. I guess with the program. Don't mind the program. <laughs> I absolutely hate it. And I'm, I'm with that person who said the word play date just gives me. And there's another the stupid word the ick
1: no <laughs> what's
10: he, pg you're giving me the ick today
4: <laughs> alright we'll organise a play date afterwards and start it
3: all out go way way <laughs> Simon Murdoch And the best music mix
1: Weekdays from midday On Cork's 96FM Sun, Samba, Superstar and you What could that all be about? You can have a guest today And I've got all your favourite tunes To fly it through Wednesday See you from 12 On Cork's 96FM
9: Can we just
3: talk The Opinion Line With PJ Coogan
1: Text or WhatsApp now Oe 96 96 96 On
3: Cork's 96FM We
4: had an email from Michael Casey Uh, to opinion at 96fm.ie which I'll read before we finish and it's a discussion we might take up on the programme tomorrow but it's to do with uh, prices of electricity and that ongoing discussion about it. But before I do, uh, Friday night is Culture Night. Um, dozens and dozens and dozens of events on and of course Cork's 96th event proud media partners of Culture Night 2023 lots of different literary events books and poetry and drama you name it it's on Pat Cotter joins me from the Monster Literature Centre how are you Pat? It's been a while, morning how are you doing, PJ? It's been a long time since we had a chat. Indeed, it there is. Some,
20: there are dozens of literary events alone coming from uh, from my categories, but nine different providers. Um, I work with the Montessori Centre. I just begin by talking a little bit about our own event. We're going to be uh, located outside City Hall from six thirty PM, and we're going to be giving away poetry books, uh, including bilingual texts. In Irish and English, um, we don't have time to go into all the details, but the books will be appealing not just to poetry poetry curious people, but also people might want to improve their of foca by comparing the Irish text with the English text. We're giving away those free, yeah. and we'll be mainly there because we're programming the culture buses this year. There are seven buses leaving City Hall at various times throughout the night, going to three different routes, one out to Black Rock Castle, one to Collins Barracks, one to UCC, back again. We're going to have seven writers, a mixture of novelists, memoirists, poets, manning those buses and getting readings as they go along.
4: Excellent.
20: People can get on and off at various different locations.
4: I was just going to ask you that, Pat. It's a a hop-on, hop-off thing, isn't it? It's not... (laughs)
20: It, it's, it's a hop on hop off people but of course we'll be delighted for people who stay with us for the whole journey to, to, to listen to the, the, the writer's set in their entirety but you're welcome to hop on and hop off as as you see and you never know you might find yourself distracted and miss your uh, miss, miss your stop because you're so involved in the, what, what the writers are, are, are uh, sharing with you excellent so there's, there's people like Billy O'Callaghan like the, you know he's great novelist Jerry Murphy the is going to be re- reading about his working class upbringing in the North side. we've got um Neil Gilson, a uh, uh, South African-born writer who's living here, apparently now doing oral storytelling and, and singing. And we've got, you know, we've got Ty Coakley, a sports writer. Mm. Got so many. Um, uh, if, I, if I move on to maybe mention a few of the other events. Yes. The, 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 uh, there's starting off at 3 p.m. There's a lovely little event in Civic Trust House. They're inviting uh, people to come in with their favourite children's picture book, which they'll project on the wall. And in. And invite you to read, uh, or if you're too shy, they'll provide a reader. To, and they're inviting right. people to drop in and out between 3 p.m. and 4:30 p.m. to witness that um, there is going to be a, a reading by Colin Creedon and a crime novelist, um,
4: Michelle Dunne. Yeah, in yeah.
20: the city library, and yeah. she's an ex-army officer, and her character is, a, an is an army person as well. Uh, later in that evening, they'll have a. Reading by uh, the actor Rosie Week, Rosie Week, accompanied by a harpist of a poem by Thomas McCarthy. Mark the opening of a, a new courtyard inside the library. Um, there's going to be the launch of new poetry books by a press called Sound Eye Poetry at the Bar that evening. And um, that's on that's by Parliament Bridge. There is going to be um, events in the Long Valley organized by O'Vale, There's going to be uh, poetry films. There's going to be reading by a Ukrainian post by Zoom, as you know, most uh, m- Ukraine males can't leave the country, so all the Ukrainian posts, male posts are stuck in the country yeah. at the moment. In, in, so Zoom. much
4: going on, Pat. Tell me about City Hall. That's an intriguing one.
20: Outside City Hall, they have a wonderful uh, poetry jukebox, where you wow. can go along and select, uh, press a button and hear about 20 different poems by 20 different contemporary Irish writers. That's all cool. And all those stories are about the uh, the, the, the centenary of the, the War of Independence and the Civil War. Okay. Um, but yeah, the, I mean, the literary culture is just... alive and boring
4: in the city. Ah, there's just so much in the city. Pat Cotter from the Munster Literature Centre. Uh, our paths crossed many years ago. Uh, in UCC, Pat, thank you. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Yeah, um, <laughs> PJ leave Fiona alone, or she won't cover for you when you have your next day off, or should I say, your next play date with the queen bee? <laughs> don't I just don't like that word? Right, we had this email, which I have I time I have uh, listening to your show. If everyone in Ireland stopped their direct debit from the banks, all the top table in the ESB making huge profits off everyone's backs, and they couldn't access their money. The price of coal, turf, heating oil, they're all on the rise. The government doing their best to please Europe. As a former frontline worker and no thousand euro payments so far, I firmly believe Ireland will be in recession by 2023. When all is said and done, there was more said than done. It's simple, rural Ireland's in a bad place too. Cork Penny dinners are helping so many people, and that's heartbreaking. Does anybody care anymore? or is that the norm? And that's from Billy. That's one we might come back to uh, tomorrow, because uh, he sent it in to email at opinion at 96fm.ie That's about it. Programme edited by Fiona Corcoran, uh, produced and researched by Fergal Barry. And we shall see it tomorrow, just after nine.
1: The Cork Diary.
3: On Cork's 96FM.
11: Upper Glanmire Community Association presents its Family Fun Day on Sunday the 25th of September. There'll be games like Tug of War and sack races, a children's art competition vintage cars, funfair rides the Upper Glanmire Bake Off and much much more. For more details on the event, check out Upper Glanmire Community Association on Facebook. If you have an event you would like mentioned, email the details to Diary at 96fm.ie
3: The Cork Diary.
1: With Tusla Fostering, now seeking foster carers from a diverse range of backgrounds in Cork. See fostering.ie on Cork's 96FM. Hi, I'm Daniel,
0: founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter.